This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. This episode is brought to you by Purina and their certified therapy dogs like Hanley. Say hi, Hanley! (coughs) Hanley is one of 30 therapy dogs Purina has helped get certified to support kids struggling with their mental health. Purina employees are volunteering their time and family pets like Hanley to help make pet therapy more accessible to patients, students, and kids like me. Learn more about Purina's pet therapy program at purina.com slash mental health. Hey. Hey. What'd you think? About what? Did, did you get my text? Oh. Welcome to Did You Get My Text? I'm Meredith Salinger and... I'm Patton Oswalt. Oh, hang on. I'm going to move my mic. Let's so that... start over. No, no. Let's. I want, I want this part of it. I want people to see the work that we go through. Look at this. I'm lifting the mic. I'm putting oh, it over here. And I'm looking at you. Okay. Calm. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Did You Get My Text? I'm Meredith Salinger. I'm Pat Oswalt. And we have a show that. for you guys today. Boy, oh boy. Oh, boy. Uh, the day we are recording this on Labor Day of 2021. And people are coming over in an hour. We need to do a oh, very yeah, fast yeah. podcast. We got to do this quickly. <laughs> um, we actually have a lot to talk about. Uh, I have, this has been quite a week. Um, I've been sending you stuff. You've been sending me stuff. Uh, I'm going to start... On a uh, clip that uh, has been making the rounds uh, on on the intranet, um, everyone's been retweeting it. You just texted this to me, I and I just watched it, and it's hilarious and amazing. And I've so but many also things- kind of beautiful. First of all, it's amazing and uh-huh. beautiful and awesome and hilarious, and mm-hmm. we'll talk about it in a second. But tell everybody what it is, and then uh, we can talk about it. This is a clip uh, from. It's either from. The Sunny and Cher show or a Cher variety special on 1970s, uh, 1970s television, which was a wonderful time. It really was. For variety shows, they would slap anyone together that was uh, sober and mobile and try to fill an hour. <laughs> and you got some really amazing combinations. Um, uh, and weirdly enough, uh, David Bowie figured in one of the best, which was a Bing Crosby Christmas special where Bing Crosby and David Bowie sing Little Drummer Boy uh, Peace on Earth together, and which is an amazing clip. So beautiful. It's so good. However... Uh, Bing was not using the amount of cocaine that Cher was using uh, in this clip because she has on David Bowie. This must have been right when uh, the Young Americans came out because if they start off singing uh, Young Americans together. It's it's Cher. It's David Bowie. They look like they're standing in this weird open um, science fiction alien flower sort of set with weird purple petals all unfolded. Um, so they start off singing Young Americans, but as they are often 
as they were often want to do in the 70s, they go into a medley. And this is the most um, random, sure, why not medley I've ever heard because they're singing Young Americans and in the, um, when they get to the lyric, swoops like a, the, the lyric in Young Americans swoops like a song, but they use that as the transition for swoops like a song, song, song blue. blue. They go into Neil Diamond's song, song, blue from Young Americans. And David Bowie is so cool and he's such a rock star. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And that song is so cheesy. Yeah. And it is so like, how did they get David Bowie to sing this cheese ball song? Well, if you watch the first transition, Cher takes over the vocal duties for that one it, it she was, does you can see that he sort of steps back when the you, lame you songs take come the, on you take the neil diamond one yeah uh so they then they do song sung blue and the a lyric in that song that involves the word one is their segue into one three dogs night one is the loneliest number, loneliest number. written knew. by paul williams so you're watching david bowie and Cher sing a paul williams song which later got covered by amy mann in the best way that song is one of my favorites so that she sings. great cover yeah from that they segue into one of the first songs Cher ever sang on uh the ronettes do run run which again totally embarrassing for him to have to sing and p.s when i was eight years old i had a Sean Cassidy birthday party. Go on, honey. There you go. Um, that was a- I know uh, you're going to ask, what's a Sean Cassidy birthday party? Well, it was it Sean Cassidy. Yeah, hang on. Wait a minute. <laughs> well, Why we'll did I breeze? Back. Well, I'm so into this. No, no, no. Keep telling we'll that. We'll go back to the Sean we'll Cassidy party. I'm just I don't know saying what I was means. obsessed with him and I had a birthday party. Okay. Okay. Um, so then they go into uh, To Do Run Run. Then, <laughs> this is the most insane one. From To Do Run Run, they go into Rosemary Clooney's Marry Me Bill. And to David Bowie's credit, both he and, no, no, um, Cher basically sings that one without David. He, although he stands there, he's with her. Um, then from there, they go into the Chantelles' Maybe, and Bowie sells this thing. This is an old 50s doo-wop, you know, maybe if I pray, you'll come back. And he gets on his knees. He gets on his knees, and he the, looks and at his her. his vocal is gorgeous. Like, yeah. he really lands it he sure does wow uh and then they go into buddy holly's maybe baby maybe baby i have you and of course how better to end the medley than uh the beatles day tripper actually that was fantastic i loved it that was but the best part about it is the whole thing is two minutes it's a clip it the the wardrobe's amazing it's so 70s her her wig is insane Mm -hmm. it's fabulous and i love it and people don't do that variety show thing anymore like they used to have fun like getting these big stars to do all this fun playful stuff like even even with the muppets they get these huge stars to do these songs with the Muppets and they're so profound and heartfelt and they really, like in the 70s, people just were comfortable doing the silliest things right? and not being embarrassed by it and just being free and it was so awesome and I loved it. Right now there's all these shows like Lip Sync Battle and they're very fun. Uh, Tom Holland doing Umbarella was a pretty amazing clip but bring they they should do a show called medley challenge and have a host like an ll cool j or and have a backing band like either the roots or a band that can just play anything at the drop of a hat and have two people they could be an actor it could be a singer and they have to do a random medley of stuff but each person 
is the one who leads where it has to go and it covers all genres and how long can you keep the medley up? That would be amazing. Well, I love that you brought this up. I love that this is the first thing because it actually leads me to something I wanted to talk about. You know how we do recommendations all the time and you always have these incredible, like you should read uh, Proust and you should read this. And I've never recommended Proust because I've never read him, but go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I've eaten a lot of Madelines, if if that means anything. Um, well, I have this thing that I wanted to recommend and it's silly. Well, why don't we save it for recommendations? Because it goes so perfectly oh, right okay, now with what right. we're talking about. All that right. I'm shocked that you wanted to start the show with this because yeah, that this is okay. So back in the seventies mm-hmm. and everybody knows because we talk about it all the time that mm-hmm. my music of choice is like seventies on seven. Yes, I do love yes, the yes. yacht rock. I also love, you know. ELO and Elton John and <laughs> David Bowie and 70s. Stevie Wonder and good 70s, good not 70s. cheesy 70s, not cheesy 70s, not Billy Don't Be a Hero or, or well, Run Tommy Run. Although sometimes those are fun too. Oof. But I do love that kind of stuff, and right. I do listen to 70s on seven. Right. One of my best friends and her husband do the most fun Instagram, and they call it 70s on Sunday. Okay. And basically, let me just give you a little background of who these people are. All right. My friend Trisha Lee Fisher is the daughter of Connie Stevens and Eddie Fisher. Mm -hmm. Two huge stars back in the 50s. She's a little sex kitten diva actress singer, and he's Mm -hmm. the crooner of all time. Right. Um, And so she grew up with these, she grew up in Vegas watching her, (laughs) basically there's a photo of her mom and dad sitting on the median of a street, and the flamingo's on one side with her dad playing, and uh, the other famous, hotel has her mom playing. She Mm -hmm. grew up with Sammy Davis Jr. and all of these amazing people. And so she's an amazing singer. And her husband too, her husband Byron Thames, is an actor. Mm -hmm. Um, For those of you who like trivia, if you ever saw Johnny Dangerously, he played the young... Michael Keaton? He played the young Michael Keaton in that. He's amazing. Anyway, so the two of them are hilarious and they're both talented. And they were just joking around for the last couple of years like they'd wake up in the morning and just joke around and play on the piano right songs from the 70s <laughs> and they would start filming themselves and then they started putting it up on instagram and so they do every famous song they are like the new sunny and Cher. i'm telling you <laughs> they're the most hilarious um anyway they're like the donnie and marie osmond but but their husband and wife although donnie and marie had a little bit of sexual energy i think i think that was a weird. little anyway trish has got like this <laughs> vegas bloodstream and she's like this rock and roll soulful stage vegas girl and mm-hmm. her husband's got this honky-tonk blues thing and they do this hilarious thing and you guys have to go to instagram mm-hmm. and look at their instagram or you can go to fishertames.com and see all their shows. But they do these live shows, mm-hmm. which are exactly like Sonny and Cher did back in the day. And they have this amazing kick-ass band. And even though they're taking the piss out of themselves, mm-hmm. there's an amazing band. Like, their muse, they have horns. It's incredible. And there is not anyone today making that fun, silly kind of music that's good music, but also hilarious and you get excited when it's kind of cheesy and they're doing yeah. that right now please please my recommendation is right. just go to instagram early recommendation that's an early recommendation and also What's it by called the way again Se- 70s on sunday 70s on sunday um and also you know how they're making all these remakes um, yeah. with and they're doing like for star wars like the mandalorian and they're sure. bringing mark hamill back to play a young luke skywalker mm-hmm. well as you know eddie fisher is trisha's dad uh And Carrie Fisher is her sister, Mm -hmm. Carrie Fisher, who played Princess Leia. Mm -hmm. 
when I tell you they're identical, <laughs> and I have to say, if they're going to be going back in time and mm-hmm. using CGI of Mark Hamill from the old days, just hire Trisha to be the Carrie Fisher. You would not believe the two of them are like twins. Except they already did the reverse aging CGI in Rogue One for Carrie Fisher. I know, but if they ever bring it back, oh, yeah, and yeah. you don't want to spend the money, there, there's literally a girl who's You're underselling twin. your friend. But it would be so great to have another Sunny and Cher show. Well, or would, like Love Boat, when they brought all those people on the Love Boat. Well, that's what I'm saying is it would be great to have some kind of outlet where you would have these weird matchups that would then age... So strangely, like when you watch the Love Boat episode where Andy Warhol is on. Is he and on? Oh, he man. did an episode of the Love Boat. So you're like, Andy Warhol is talking to Gopher. What is happening? So those, we, we, we're losing that ability to have those. And I, again, a lot of it was from Coke and stress. And we got to get something on the air. Let's just throw these two together. But if, like, what would be the, from the 70s, what would be the ultimate weird pair up? for one of those variety shows like like donny osmond but with the eagles or like, like led these zeppelin <laughs> zeppelin or or like or with the ramones like johnny yeah oh my it's god donny osmond the oh late actually here's what's going on it's the late 70s donny <laughs> marie is still on still an insanely popular they show the sex pistols and <laughs> punk is blowing up and and the producers are like look i don't like this music but the kids are buying it we got to put it on the show so this guy david johansson he's the lead singer of the new york dolls he puts a dress on the kids like it he's going to do a thing with paul lind like what would what would have been the best matchup of those two but they, again david johansson who later turned into buster poindexter and did hot 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 was also in a, a, a terrific singer probably would have had a blast doing it and going i'll totally do something with paul lind that'll be great yeah there it might have been hilarious there would have been a lot of fun things but i really believe like the what? muppet show brought people together and love boat and all those kind of shows love american style yeah they brought all these people on that you're like, how did you get this huge actor to do this ridiculous show? But I love watching those things. Well, also, Love American Style and shows like that are also good <clears throat> to see actors that are huge now when they were young men. Mm-hmm. So you'll see like a young Harrison Ford on Love American Style. We were watching a movie the other day, and there was someone in the background as an extra, and it was Morgan Freeman. We were watching A Man Called Adam, directed by uh, Leo Penn, Michael, Chris, and Sean's father. And it was a, a straight-up drama with uh, Sammy Davis Jr. as a very troubled uh, jazz trumpeter um, and, and a young, gorgeous Cicely Tyson. Um, and yeah, and, and, the, and the, the background people in it, the, there's a party scene. There's a party scene where Mel Torme uh, is singing. Uh, Ozzie Davis is at the party. Cicely's there. Uh, and in the background, no dialogue, just talking up to women is a very young. Very handsome and dewy, tall. Dewey-faced uh, Morgan Freeman. God, he's handsome. Yeah. He's eating snacks and enjoying himself. He's just an extra. He's an extra. But so uh, what, what would be like the ultimate cheesy seven? Like I'm trying to, what would be the what would be the weirdest grouping of songs where it's the hardest gear shift from each one? So you're, you start off, let's say you're starting off with Cher doing... Um, Let's say it's, okay, it's Sharon David Bowie. They're doing I Got You, Babe. So then they go from I Got You, Babe to what? What would be the, oh my God, how do they go from that? To, um, they go from I Got You, Babe to Zeppelin's Babe, I Gotta Leave You. So that's the first transition. And then now they're doing Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You. And it's this big bluesy thing. And they have to go into what? What is, then, <laughs> then they have to go. Baby, come back. Baby, or. Any kind of fool. Could, could see, see 
there was something. So hang on. So they've and gone. Then, you light up my life. But the, you but but. Give me I, I want jarring transitions. That's not. I'm just saying, from from like to go from Young Americans to Song Sung Blue. That is a jarring transition. Yeah. So I'm saying they're doing "I Got You, Babe." Then they go into "Babe, I Gotta Leave You," and then they go into um, "You Light Up My Life." Yeah. Although those are both slow kind of. Right. No, it went from fast. It, you went. Go on. "Babe, I Gotta Leave You" is a big bluesy dreamy song so i, I from, know what babe i gotta leave yeah, you is but what i'm saying is but that's, then i'm saying the word you and i'm taking it to a cheesy thing with you light up my life which is led zeppelin to right that, i was thinking more of like a funny. harsh tempo transition but yeah like like going from you light up my life to then cw mccall's convoy like if they had to go from that <laughs> imagine going from you light up my life to into convoy. convoy god that song and then you got to do convoy and then you have to go into um oh hang on like like uh uh, uh oh, what's up hang on so you're singing con- convoy we got a big old and then and then what do they go into that's so horrifying i have no idea but let's take a break and we'll come back <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Most of you listening right now are probably multitasking. Yep, while you're listening to me talk, you're probably also driving, cleaning, exercising, or maybe even grocery shopping. But if you're not in some kind of moving vehicle, there's something else you can be doing right now. Getting an auto quote from Progressive Insurance. It's easy, and you could save money by doing it right from your phone. Drivers who save by switching to Progressive save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Discounts for having multiple vehicles on your policy, being a homeowner, and more. So just like your favorite podcast, Progressive will be with you 24-7, 365 days a year, so you're protected no matter what. Multitask right now. Quote your car insurance at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. This episode is brought to you by Purina and their certified therapy dogs like Hanley. Say hi, Hanley! (coughs) Hanley is one of 30 therapy dogs Purina has helped get certified to support kids struggling with their mental health. Purina employees are volunteering their time and family pets like Hanley to help make pet therapy more accessible to patients, students, and kids like me. Learn more about Purina's pet therapy program at purina.com slash mental health. So I sent you a text the other day of an arts and crafts thing that I did for Alice, which was that really cute rainbow mask chain. Oh, the thing, yeah, the chain to attach to the mask. Yeah. And I think, first of all, kids have to wear masks in school and Duh. having a mask chain is great because when they go to eat, they just plop it down and then they eat and then they put it back up right. and it doesn't get dirty and it doesn't fall on the floor and they don't have to put it in their pocket with their grimy little hands and it's a great thing. Yeah, they're not going to lose their mask. No. So this is a thing that I said to Alice from now on, you have to wear a mask chain with your masks. Sure. So now I'm, so a friend of mine made me a mask chain and I was like, oh, that's cute. That could be a fun craft. So she sent me all this stuff to order it online and I got all this fun (laughs) arts and crafty stuff. And I was so proud of myself because I hadn't sat down in a long, I I used to be so crafty. I had like a little business when I was in my (laughs) twenties just for fun. Mm Mm-hmm. 
called upsy daisies and I used to make these little <laughs> silk flowers with little rhinestones in them yeah. and with little Velcro and you could just stick, it was very cute. She was the inspiration for the Beastie Boys song, She's Crafty, by the way, if you listen to the lyrics. Yeah. So anyway, um, that's fact. Um, In my world, she's number one with a handful of glitter and a hot glue gun. I think that's one of the... Lines, yeah. And uh, they go, she's crafty. Crafty. Anyway, Meredith Salinger's crafty. (laughs) Anyway, um, so I'm having so much fun making this mask. And of course, I'm so proud of myself. And like every actress needs uh, some, uh, like, applause for everything I do. (laughs) I had to text the picture of Alice's mask chain to her three best friends' moms just to show them, right here. hey guys, look what I did. And then I wrote, this would be a really great craft for the kids to do. When they get together. When they get together. And the mom of one of the kids, her name is Georgia, mm-hmm. probably the cutest mom you've ever seen in your life. Literally like amazingly cute. Anyway, she wrote back and she's like, oh, make one for my daughter. And then, and then, as soon as she said that, then the other mom was like, yeah, make one for mine. And the other one was like, oh, yeah, I want one in rainbow. And, and I was like, okay. I literally. You missed the point of my original text. I, I literally just said, this would be a great craft for our children to do. <laughs> but the thing is, Georgia, this mom, is so amazing. She's the super mom. She's such a super mom. And she does plan all these incredible events for our kids like she not, organizes not, not just activities a, she will organize a whole weekend yeah it's insane she and her husband is like a camp counselor like they're yeah, just like the crazy. nicest people on yeah. the planet and i'm the shitty mom who's like when you go to her house it's like <laughs> catered and gorgeous and everything's beautiful and when her kids come to my house i'm like here kids here's a jug of water no it's not like that but i bought a bag of vegetable sticks for everybody <laughs> that Wait. my husband ate so there's only three left yeah. for you guys oh did you want me to put it in a bowl hang on Uh, you can't just eat it out of the bag so I had written to her and I said I said she's like make one for me and I'm like yeah I mean they only they you know they take like an hour and a half each and I'm definitely wearing magnifying glasses and a headlamp because it's so hard to see well you do they are intricately made though they look gorgeous yes and I need it's your fault for making them so good looking everyone's like well I I want that one right but my back is killing me afterward (laughs) after each one of an hour and a half punching over over, like a little thread with all these little beads and I I had the my back was killing me Mm -hmm. anyway I did make them for all of her friends kids Mm -hmm. and then I sent pictures of all the mask chains I made and the moms were like those are amazing we need one (laughs) (laughs) so of course, I love these people so much. Like this is, I love this group of women. They're the best moms and they're the nicest people on the planet. Mm-hmm. And they literally do all the best good mom stuff. So it's the literal least I can do. Right. And I actually do like crafting. So mm-hmm. for all of you moms listening, <laughs> I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm just telling a funny story. I, when I, luckily you have since moved to a table, which I know hurts your back a little less. But when I first walked in on her, when she was doing it, she was sitting on the floor, cross-legged, <laughs> hunched over, and the stuff that was spread out, the amount of things, I was like, she is, at, at most, she's six steps away from being able to counterfeit money. Like, <laughs> the level of intricacy that she was putting into the assembling of these things, I was like, you know, when the if the revolution comes, we're gonna need her as a bomb maker or something. Because <laughs> just, just the, the small, uh, I'm using like tweezers and- Oh, it was crazy. And you know, what's the thing that you clip onto your glasses? I love, I want that. Well, that's actually, I bought this little, it's like a light that you clip onto your iPhone to like take selfies or pictures with at night. Mm -hmm. If you're going to a party and there's no light, Mm -hmm. it just 
It's like a little light for your oh, cell phone. You put it on the bridge of your glasses. But I put it on the bridge of my glasses. Brilliant. Because I couldn't see what I was doing. All right, I want that. I, I want. I want I, to get that. I really, I feel like I need like a dental. My dad's a dentist. I feel like I need to steal some of his equipment so that well, I can have those like yeah. magnifying glasses. Isn't and, there a thing that clamps onto your desk and it's a big yes. gooseneck and it has the magnifier, but it also lights. Yeah, that's me, what you need. Right. Except here's the thing. Uh-oh. Now I've bought the string for it and all the clasps and yeah. and millions of different kinds of beads. Right. And then I'm making it and I'm having a hard time putting the clasp on at the end. Like my knot, it's the knot won't hold and I need the special glue. So I called the girl who made them for me. Her name is Chloe. And I was like, Chloe, how do you do the clasp? How do you do the clasp? She's like, you need this glue and it helps if you have these kinds of beads. So then I had to buy all this other, and they only sell this bead in like a huge tub, like a, oh, like yeah, a Kentucky fried get... chicken basket full <laughs> of this one bead bead and I really just wanted like a hundred of these little beads but I got like four thousand of well, hang on of the same one or there are, it's a variety of beads no it's the same kind well, of that's bead. a ripple if you're gonna it's... put it in a, in a KFC bucket give me a variety for God's sake well they sakes. gave me a variety of colors but it's the same bead oh oh okay that's what I thought you were saying Sorry. no 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 it's many colors oh uh-huh, okay but the but the thing is each thing is so now I've spent like a fortune on all these different beads. Well, now you have to start a business to make it to even it out. <laughs> right. So now I need to start selling them. So because oh. I've spent so much money, I feel like I need to get my money back. So because it's crazy. Aren't, aren't there some massive multi-billion-dollar um, businesses that started as someone making something for their friends and they went, I like this. Why don't you keep doing it? And then it, it just kind of blew up. Every business probably starts like that. But I think like some, but some of them, like, I think the, oh, now I can't think. But I know that there are some that are now, you know, on every shelf that started as a man or woman in their neighborhood doing this. And the friends are going, this is awesome. Yeah. I remember a million years this? ago, I was watching Oprah mm-hmm. and this lady was like just a mom at home and she was trying to figure out how to chop salad and she invented this invention which is basically like scissors but it's like three scissors in a row with like a little anyway she invented this scissor thing to chop salad and it's the greatest invention i was watching it and i Mm -hmm. bought it and i'm telling you this thing is amazing and (laughs) phenomenal i love it so much and this woman became like a billionaire she was just a mom at home Mm -hmm. and that's what happened but i don't think i'm going to become a billionaire from mask chains you don't know well everybody can make their own that is true it's not difficult it's just you know it's just difficult (laughs) factor in how lazy americans are though they would so much rather purchase something than sit down and actually make it right so it's an hour and a half of my time and yeah. a billion dollars worth of beads. So what should I sell them for? <laughs> yeah. I could cook food, but there's a button on my phone that brings food to my house. And I hit the button. I hit the button like a demented old circus monkey that's learned one trick. And I hit a button and they bring me food. That's all I do. Hey, I have a great idea. What? I will make a mask chain for one of our listeners. Oh. And um, I'll send it to you for free if you... Um, Call in and ask an amazing question that we can answer on our speak pipe just because it's fun. Do you want an intricate mask chain from Meredith? Masks it, by Meredith. Yeah, it looks like- Mare f- masks. No, it looks like no. a five-year-old made them, by the way. It is not fancy. The knot's all janky. Cool. Well, the knot is super janky anyway. at the end. It's not professional, but it is made with love and pain by me. <laughs> just know that a, a, a hunched over- um, uh, a, a hot hunched over actress is making these changes. Yeah, I'll yeah. make one for one of our one. listeners. That's it. I get to choose which one <laughs> by, the, by the wonderful things you say on SpeakPipe. Okay, so we get a lot of really nice comments on our Instagram. Uh, I post 
on my Instagram when a new uh, episode drops. We did one. Wait, I just want to say, on mm. your Instagram, when mm -hmm. an episode drops, you do post, but you also post the pictures of the texts or the things that we're talking about. So yes. it makes it really funny. Yes. So two things that we got into a big, big argument about on a oh, recent episode. You, you and, and I did. Yes. We don't fight. Well, we don't fight, but we had some deep philosophical discussions. Uh, one was about a uh, ad about COVID weight gain, where I said that the picture that they used to illustrate the weight gain, it's a woman on her back trying to zip up and button her pants, and she is way overreacting. And you and, thought it looked like she was having an orgasm. Yes. And I thought it looked like a regular woman trying to put on pants that are too right. tight. Well, uh, I'm sorry to tell you, but most people in the Instagram, uh, my Instagram comments, Marcella Costell agree with Patton on the big O pick. Uh, weight gain jeans, I wouldn't say her face is orgasmic, but it's definitely over the top. That's Mish Mello. Ron Avis, what porno is that from? <laughs> Photos from a plane. Patton was right on the weight gain. And, and, and okay, so, so people are agreeing with me. Uh, Mer uh, uh, East Ondor says, Meredith, you're the best, but gotta agree with Patton on the COVID weight gain pick. The woman looks like she's having an orgasm. Now, not everyone, there's a couple people going, Team Meredith on the pick, says Sherryanna Neb. Um, the real kung fu critic says Patton's right. There's a very specific line, and this woman obviously was right at the threshold and went one step too far. <laughs> Reduce the facial muscles by just a hair, and it won't have been so over at the top. And I'm happy that all those people feel that way, but I have to say, trust me when I tell you, none of them have put on super tight jeans. All right. Now, the other thing we got into a big discussion about, a, a philosophical disagreement, if you will. I love that you refer to our fights as a philosophical disagreement. They were a Well, this was a philosophical, this wasn't a fight. This was more of a, wait a minute. Let's hear it. I talked about how uh, graveyards are the one place you're not going to see a ghost. Oh, yes. You wanted to set up a Ouija board in a graveyard. I said, no one dies in a graveyard. Graveyards are not haunted. Who haunts a graveyard? Ghosts. <laughs> Most people are agreeing with me. Well, they're wrong. Well, although a couple of people have uh, chimed in, and I should have, oh, I should have grabbed these earlier, but someone, um, wow, okay, Mrs. Rank wrote, my grandparents lived across the street from a cemetery. One day, the caretaker was mowing among the tombstones on a riding mower and had a heart attack. <laughs> he died and crashed the mower, and my aunt found him. So, may, okay, maybe the, there's an angry groundskeeper haunting a cemetery, but I'm still arguing that as a rule, you are not going to find ghosts in a cemetery. Okay, well, since we had this long discussion on the last podcast, <laughs> right. we do not need to revisit it now. I'm not saying we got to revisit it, but it was interesting, a lot of the people that were uh, chiming in No, 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 this. this is what you just said. What? It's, it's just, no, 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 we don't have to talk about it again. It's just interesting how many people agree with me. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like... Um, oh, and Meredith, by the way, I know we talked about this already, but everybody thinks I'm right. Oh. That's what you just did. But they do think I'm right. I love hearing from people who have listened to our podcast and love mm -hmm. it. It's fun to read on Twitter, people who like it and all that kind of stuff. It's very flattering. It's super flattering. So yesterday, everybody was out and I was dying for food and I ordered Postmates to be delivered. Mm-hmm. Actually, I didn't order Postmates. I called the restaurant directly. Damn. They have a delivery service. Oh. It's better to do that. Anyway, I ordered it and it arrived. And, it, and when I called, they were like, it was 7.30 when I called. And the restaurant closed at 8. And I said, hey, do you guys still deliver? And they said, oh, no, not really. I mean, where do you live? And I said, literally a mile from you guys. 
okay, I know I could have gotten up to drive there. Don't make fun of me. I didn't want to leave my house. I didn't feel like leaving. Anyway, so I said, I'm super close. He goes, all right, I'll take the order. Mm -hmm. So I put my order in. He's like, it'll be there in 15 minutes, which it was. Mm. And the lady came and she dropped off the order. And I said to her, I'm like, oh my God, that was so nice of you. I know it's at the end of your shift. I mean, it still wasn't eight o'clock yet. Mm -hmm. Um, I said, but thank you for coming. That was so nice of you. And then I had to like sign the thing to put like, you know, the credit card thing, the bill as it's called. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, the credit card thingy, the, the pay money thingy. The pay money thingy. So she gave me the thing to sign and there's a little area to leave a tip and, you know, they give you like 15%, 20%, 22%, that mm-hmm. kind of a thing. I My glasses, the whole thing, it's hard for me to see and I did see the 22%, but when I wanted to do the math, I don't know what came over me, but I thought I should make this even. So I think I did like 10 cents less than the 22% tip thing. Not that it's a big deal because that's still a nice tip, but it's still a nice tip. It's 22% is a nice tip. It's just a touch under. And, and then I handed the thing back to the lady. I was like, thank you so much. That was so nice of you. Um, and then she said, hey, I just want to tell you, I love your podcast. And I was like, oh, my God, thank you so much. And I and she goes, it's so funny. I said, oh, good. Do you really think it's fun? And then for like the next 10 minutes, I was like, do you think we need to bring on guests? What do you think? And I like started to chat with her. And Alice is upstairs going, mom, like, stop what you're doing. You're being so annoying. Um, anyway, we had a nice chat. The lady was super happy to chat. She left. And then I realized after she left, I'm like, oh, Jesus, I gave less than the 22 and I want... And if she stayed and talked with you, you should have gone, give me that thing back. I'm going to write you a bigger tip. I didn't even realize oh. that that's what I had done. And I wish, listen, 22% is a nice tip, but I wish that I had been like that baller person who's like, gave her like a hundred bucks and then she could have been like, God, I love that podcast and that lady's so nice. She tipped me a hundred bucks and I know you do stuff like that and it's, and I do stuff like Especially that Especially end of someone's yes, shift. Yes, I know. And they want to go home. Yes, I know. Throw them, just, I'm going to get, I'm going to tip you 50% here. Yes, yes. Whatever it is, whatever, what is this? You get half. Okay, yes. <gasps> so I felt so shitty after she left. So we lost a fan. <laughs> no. We're down one fan. Listen, it's still a fine tip. It's still okay. <laughs> Don't laugh. Don't make me feel worse. 22% is a nice tip. Uh-huh. I mean, Minus it, 10 cents. Well, <laughs> just because I wanted the number to be even. Oh. I feel so stupid and I feel bad and I really, so listen, I'm mm. going to order from her again. There you go. And she's going to come back and I'm never going to make that mistake again. And I'll be that girl. And I always over tip. Always, always. But this well, one time. cross I, her palm with a Ben Franklin when she comes back. I know, but I felt so bad. And then I was like, God, it would have been so cool if she had been like, wow, they have the best podcast. And not only that, she's so cool. She tipped me a hundred bucks and I didn't. And I feel bad. There you go. You don't know how to, you gotta, viral marketing, baby. Look, I I feel, I always try to tip as much as I can. I know, me too. Um, But uh, on the other hand. I don't know what came over me. I was trying to do math. I don't know. Well, on the other hand. Normally I can't even do math. And so I just look at the thing and it says, whatever the 22% is, I just add like five more dollars to that. 
I usually just give 50%, especially okay. if I just go here. All right, Mr. Baller. I'm not even a baller. I'm, I used to do that for a living. I used to be a waiter. I used to deliver stuff, and I've gotten some really horrible tips. And I, I remember how bad it feels because you're powerless. I know, but I... Anyway. And especially now when everyone's yes. hanging by their fingernails. I know. So I felt bad after she left and then I was mulling it over in my head all night. I'm going, God damn it. Why didn't I tip Order more? Order from her again. And then all I can think of is just from now on, Make just sure. give everyone a hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, again, on the one hand, I try to be, um, I, I try but to I be just, generous, but on the other hand, I can be too catastrophically lazy. Uh, oh. in, 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 the, in, here's a, here's a really sad example. Uh, DoorDash and Postmates has recently updated their review function on their app where it used to be you would get food and then after you get the delivery and you put the tip in, it goes, how was the delivery? You get a thumbs up or thumbs down. Now they've added all these subcategories. Right. They want you to rate each item. And when you if you give it a thumbs up, that's not the end. Then they go, how was it on temperature? How was it on food? And I just wanted to tell them, you know who I am. I'm I'm a guy who presses a button on a phone to get food. I'm clearly a lazy idiot. I'm not going <laughs> to sit there and write a New Yorker essay about the temperature of the fried rice that I just got at three in the afternoon. <laughs> Let me, like, I, I'm angry enough that I have to press one button to get food. Don't make the circus monkey angrier by making him press more buttons after the food has shown up. Hey, baby, you know what you could do? What? Not do the survey. But but you have to to get out of it to order something else later. You have to finish it somehow. You do not. It drives me crazy. You don't have to do that. I just just the presumption. I know. Sorry. Anyway, but that yeah. So on the one hand, I want to be generous tipping. On the other hand, don't make me press more than one button. I'm what I'm saying is I'm a I'm a uh, I contain multitudes. You do. So after the craziness in Texas where basically we are living in a, we live in a world now where we have fetal bounty hunters. Just keep that in mind. We live in a world, we live in a bad 1980s- uh, Dystopian future Dystopian, hell. but but a bad 1980s direct-to-video future dystopian movie where, called Fetal Hunters that stars Wings Hauser and Linda Blair. And it's a future where uh, pregnant women are being chased by fetal bounty hunters to make sure they have babies. That's how that's how stupid the reality is we live in now. And go ahead. No, I was just going to say halfway through the movie, there's a team of vigilante women yes. who come in and start <laughs> bounty hunting the men that got the women pregnant. Exactly. And then suddenly all these men start dying. And then finally, right. they repeal the law that is right. so Taliban-esque. This or, is and or KKK esque and or just shitty fucked up evil. I, I'm so furious getting into this conversation and keeping Sorry. it light. It's going to be difficult. I will reel it in <laughs> and let you finish. But just FYI, this must be stopped. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and horrifying. All of it's horrifying. And Handmaid's Tale hell. And and by the way, a thing that they probably proposed something like this in the Handmaid's Tale writers' room, and they said, "Guys, we that's we can't get too crazy with this show. That's We're going to lose viewers. You can't have a bounty hunter with a, as the Onion tweeted with a bandolier of pregnancy tests." Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, some Christian group tweeted out, uh, it "said the the Bible is unequivocally pro-life." And as I've already, we already talked about on the show, it is most certainly not. Um, it is all it is, is God just killing people left and right. God killing babies. He's God, smiting and smoting smiting everywhere. Smiting and smoting till the cows come home. 
And so I tweeted um, uh, a response saying, except for all the times that God kills people and also does that flood thing that kills almost everyone on the planet. And I ended it with, Kill Bill is more pro-life than the Bible. <laughs> and I, someone, I'm not going to say his name, because I can't, I honestly, here's where we are now. I can't tell if he is making a joke or being totally serious. I looked at his profile. He, he, this feels like this is being serious. But his response to me is, God killed off the Nephilim giants, Nephilim giants during the flood, you asshat. He was preserving the pure bloodline of humanity. So his argument against me is when you say God is killing all these people in the Bible, he- He's was, only killing the ones that deserve to be killed that don't have me. the bloodline. Well, not only that, he's saying- he's, <laughs> Basically white supremacists. He's killing monsters that there were, back then there were Nephilim giants, monsters, and God decided to come down and kill the monsters that were killing humanity to keep the bloodline pure. Mm -hmm. So there, the biblical argument now includes the dimension of, well, oh, God was swooping down to stop all the monsters that were killing humanity um, to keep the bloodline pure. Now, of course, you could easily come back with, well, then why are there, why is there then cancer? Why are there blood diseases? Wouldn't God wipe out viruses, which are living things that are killing humanity and messing up our bloodlines? Why doesn't he kill all of them? So like all the, Anytime any, any of these arguments are easily shoot downable, but the fact that they're even making them in the first place is amazing to me. Yeah. I, anyone who starts bringing in the Bible for reasons why makes me furious because all the right-wing people who say, you know, killing a fetus at sick. Meanwhile, there's not even a, it, it's smaller <laughs> than a freaking pinpoint piece of rice or something, yeah. but there's kids in cages and there's, right. um, you know, black people being murdered on the streets by police sometimes. Well, Stephen Miller, and there's that, 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 and there's a foster care system that's full of uncared for babies yeah. that were born be to people that couldn't raise them, right. and that's exactly what making forcing people to go through their pregnancy is. Right. So show me how much you care about the foster system and all the children that are waited to be waiting to be adopted, and then we'll talk about how much you care about living life. Yeah, Stephen Miller tweeted today, for the first time in one state in America, fetuses are safe. Oh my God. And, and you're, like, you're the guy who couldn't wait to rip kids away from their moms. You, you, you could not have been more excited to do that. It's the, he's just this sweaty Nosferatu that, hey, he doesn't even believe in that. It's just, this will keep us in power. So I'm gonna stoke these flames. But again, I, what, I'm, what I'm fascinated with is someone actually brought in the argument that how do you know God wasn't killing monsters that were bad? Like the great flood, what if the earth was covered in vampires? You don't know that, what if God? So there, the it's one thing to, to bring up the Bible and even quote scripture, that's crazy enough as it is. It's a it's a collection of, of oftentimes well-meaning fairy tales that are trying to be a guide to life, but more often than not, they lead to death and murder. But to then add stuff that isn't, to add craziness that isn't even in the book full of crazy is a new level of biblical argument that I did not think I would encounter. There is an amazing, I don't know if it's a quote or an essay or whatever, um, talking about how these right-wing people who are like so, um, they say, first of all, the idea of calling something pro-life to me is so fucked up. It's not pro-life. Every Everybody is pro-life, all right? What they are is anti-choice. Yeah. What they are is keeping women down. 
It's Orwellian. Okay. It's like going, this is the Ministry of Freedom. Yeah, because I'll tell no, you something. Yeah. Nobody wants to have an abortion. Nobody yeah. wants nobody wants to get pregnant and then feel like, oh God, this is gonna ruin my life. I have to I have to do something about this for my health or for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Their autonomy, there's a million reasons. Yeah. A million first of all, it's a it is a healthcare issue. Yeah. It is a human uh, uh personal rights. Oh my God, I could just go on for it. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, there is this quote and I want to read this because I'm sure everybody's heard this, but for all the right-wing people who are like, it's an abomination. Mm-hmm. This is the quote from Methodist pastor David Barnard. Oh, I love this one. Yeah. The unborn are a convenient group of people to advocate for. They never make demands on you. They are morally uncomplicated Unlike the incarcerated, addicted, or the chronically poor, they don't resent your condensation or complain that you are not politically correct. Unlike widows, they don't ask you to question the patriarchy. Unlike orphans, they don't need money, education, or childcare. Unlike aliens, they don't bring all that radical cultural and religious baggage that you dislike. They allow you to feel good about yourself without any work at creating or maintaining relationships. And when they are born, you can forget about them because they cease to be unborn. You can love the unborn and advocate for them without substantially challenging your own wealth, power, or privilege, without reimagining social structures, apologizing, or making reparations to anyone. They are, in short, the perfect people to love if you want to claim you love Jesus, but actually dislike people who breathe. Prisoners, immigrants, the sick, the poor, widows, orphans, all the groups that are specifically mentioned in the Bible, they all get thrown under the bus for the unborn. Yeah. But you know what? But you can still seem like you care. Yeah. Although I would say back to the guy who who told me that God was killing uh, biblical giants to save my bloodline. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we know all these aborted fetuses weren't going to become <clears throat> Frankensteins? We don't know. So why don't we just trust that this is a good thing is happening? We don't know how to prove it. You don't know. So there you go. Well, if, if we're going to literally bring in mythical monsters into the argument, then I'm, I get to bring up... Uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon and and the blob is yeah. part of my argument. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll be right back. Oh my God. We'll be right back with recommendations. This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart Food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hey, let's do some recommendations. Now it's time for Did You Get Our Picks? Tell you what we like, what we really, really like. Yeah, tell me what you like, what you really, really like. (laughs) So many. Well, I got some really good ones this week. Uh, Movies. Just watched a movie uh, with most of it I watched with Meredith and then she got tired. 
uh, a 2016 movie called The Love Witch. Oh, you guys. Woo! This movie uh, stars Samantha Robinson as a hottie hot... I, I assume this takes place in the 70s or 60s, but it has this great kind of Italian uh, horror movie, bright colors feel to it. Um, it was shot in Arcata and Eureka, California, which we need to go visit because they look lovely. <laughs> and it's about a witch who seduces men and her love is so powerful that it kills them. And it is written, produced, directed, edited, uh, costume design, costume design, set decoration, production design, and and the music all done by one woman, Anna Biller. This woman did such a phenomenal job with the set design and the costumes and the makeup and the whole look of the show that it is. It, who is this miracle? Of I a human don't being? know, but it's insane, and I the love makeup her. And, and I want this. This actress was so lucky. Oh. First, first of all, the actress is stunningly gorgeous. Yes. But she's so lucky because as an actress, there's nothing more fun than getting to wear clothes from other eras and yeah. to look at totally different than you do normally. And right. she just looked like the most, she looked like who, not Julie Newmar and the other Catwoman who. Kind of a Julie Newmar thing. Yeah. yeah. She, but, but, like, more, but but more. more like more like amazing. A, try to imagine and like a an even sexier Marlo Thomas because she still yes. has that kind of gaming, kind yes. of cute, but it's also very, and also like the it's 70s. Like Marlo Thomas mixed with like Natalie Portman mixed yeah. with like, uh, like even a very young Winona Ryder. And even, just ev- but- and just every scene she's photographed perfectly. Yeah, but it's a trippy movie and the acting, <laughs> it, it, first of all, it's got a very strange energy to it the vibe of it is trying to be like these weird i don't want to say pornos from the 70s but it's got this strange kind of bad acting underlying but it's the acting is so good to create perfect yeah to create that vibe from that era so these actors who had to be a certain way like over the top scared or they were so good in being weirdly bad from that era i don't know how to express it everybody i'll put it this way everybody is on the same page yeah. You can tell all the actors got it. And there's also scenes shot inside the Fea Dodo, the burlesque club, where there are some really amazing burlesque scenes uh, that happen, again, with the big, bright primary colors overlit. It looks like old Betty Page loops. Everything just looks amazing. The Love Witch, you can watch it for free on Canopy. Uh, it's pretty fantastic. And it's weird, and there's also lots of frontal nudity. And not only frontal nudity, but that very bushy 70s pubic hair. Yeah. Very bushy. Very sexy. Oh, boy. Um, Also, speaking of Canopy, there is also a short film. There's a series of uh, collections of sci-fi short films, stash short film uh, collection. In the sci-fi one, there is a film from 2017. It's only 15 minutes long by a filmmaker named Kibwe Tavares. It's called Robot and Scarecrow, and it is about a- Robot and a scarecrow. A a scarecrow (laughs) that falls in love with a robot. The robot performs at music festivals, and they meet at this music festival, and- Is it animated? No, it is live action. The special effects are incredible, and at the end, you will actually be kind of choked up and crying. It is a beautiful, genuinely beautiful love story between a robot and a scarecrow. When was that made? 2017. I want to see that. And this guy, Kibwe, boy, does he know how to make movies. 
We'll watch it later. It's 15 minutes long. It's, I, I was so angry at how much I was crying at the end. I'm like, I can't believe a movie about a goddamn robot and a scarecrow is making me all choked up. This is ridiculous. Yeah, well, it's like when Pixar came out with their little animated oh. thing with the, with the lamps and the little baby lamp and then the big lamp. Yeah. And everybody was just like, this is the sweetest so thing I've sweet. ever seen in my life. And they're freaking lamps. And they're lamps. Anyway. That's because are, people are artists and they can yeah, make you feel. They can do it. Music. I've been on a big writing jag this week. Uh, that means I have been listening to a lot of my albums I like to write to. And one of them, my favorite ones, is Deltron 3030, which was an album that was put together by Dan the Automator, Del the Funky Hopo Sapien, and DJ Kid Koala came out in 2000. There's a lyrical version of the album where they do amazing uh, raps, but there's also the instrumental version. The music is this great, epic, post-apocalyptic, um, kind of Afrofuturism sorcerers versus uh, evil robots. It's just gorgeous. Were you writing something that had to do with that energy? I Yeah, it had that energy to it. It had that kind of mood, and oh. it set the mood perfectly. But even then, it's just a great thing to have on in the background. It's beautiful. Deltron 3030, one of my favorite albums of all time. But the music you listen to while you write has to be the kind of music that would flow with the vibe of what yes, you're writing. exactly. Because you couldn't be listening to something pop and crazy if you're writing a sad, no. depressing and I can't No, and I can't listen to Deltron 3030 if I'm writing a funny script. Right. So, yeah. Books. There's an essay collection came out called Why Didn't You Just Do What You Were Told by the late, great Jenny Diskey. These are her collected columns for the London Review of Books. Jenny Diskey is one of the best writers of all time. Uh, she had such an incredible point of view on life. She had a very rough life in and out of mental institutions, um, writes amazing memoirs about being in the mental institution and, and at night, her and the other mental patients would play a game where they would diagnose their doctors. They would pretend like they were the doctors and the doctors were the mental patients and going, we let them dress up like doctors and diagnose <laughs> oh, us so to calm them down. But you can see what his real problem is. Wow. Like, so, and she also writes about taking trips to Antarctica and she just, her, 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 uh, interests are far and wide and she has this wonderful acidic, uh, worldview. I want to read a quick excerpt. This is, she is reviewing uh, the memoir uh, called The Insider by Piers Morgan. She wrote by a, Piers Morgan? Piers Morgan wrote a memoir. This is, he wrote it back the, in- The Piers Morgan? Piers Morgan. Oy. Wrote it back in 2005. A truly repulsive human being. Here's an excerpt of Jenny's um, <clears throat> review of this memoir. Ready? Mm -hmm. So here's, here's, the, here's the clip. This is a little piece from- Piers Morgan's memoir, and then here's Jenny's response. Here we go. Piers Morgan. Murdoch drifted in like a ghost, literally creeping up on us without any fanfare at all. I'd heard this was his deadliest weapon, his ability to just appear and scare the daylights out of you. It can be especially unnerving in the loo, apparently. I mean, <laughs> what the hell do you say standing next to the world's most powerful tycoon with your flies open? <laughs> And then Jenny's response is, well, Piers, what about something like, your penis is so very much bigger than mine, Mr. Murdoch, sir, <laughs> and I'd use your shit for toothpaste. That's good. Yeah, sure, all of her writing is so fucking good. Um, That's just, there should be like the good burn book. All the burns. Well, all of Jenny Diskey's collected writings are good burns and great insights, including this one that I put on my Instagram a few months ago. 
I cannot think why a person sitting with evident contentment in an armchair causes the desire in others for their immediate activity. Oh, yeah. Which that is my mantra. I'm sitting here with a book. You can, can you not see how happy and relaxed I am? Come on, let's go do something. Mm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Jenny Disky, why didn't you just do what you were told? Incredible collection. I had a rev- I had a subscription to the London Review of Books for years just to read her essays every month. And then she passed away and I kind of canceled my subscription. Um, finally, comic books. I am rereading the two collected issues. There's two trade paperbacks now of a book called Bitter Root. Bitter Root is a book set during, comic set during the Harlem Renaissance about a group of African-American um, scientists, poets, adventurers who fight demons at a thing called the Jinju, which is the thing that leaps into people and makes them racist, makes them violent, makes them, and they are fighting um, the old roots of this. Uh, the, it's, a, it's a new genre that people call conjure punk, much like steampunk. It's a combination of that early steampunk looking energy, but they also use um, African-American religion, conjure magic and stuff to fight these monsters. Uh, it's created by David E. Walker, uh, Chuck Brown, and Sanford Green with art by Rico Renzi and Sanford Green. The two collections, you can get the two trade paperbacks are Family Business and Rage and Redemption. It is being developed into a series by Regina King, and it's going to be frigging amazing. The artwork is so gorgeous. Bitterroot, highly recommended. Sounds fascinating. Uh, what's that thing called that jumps into you? It's called... The Jinju, J-I-N-J-O-O. You and know what it, that is? What? For racist and supreme. Oh. No, no, no. You said that that's yeah. that, That's what makes them racist and everything. Exactly. That Jinju mm-hmm. is just years and years of white supremacists teaching their children to yeah. hate. And, and, and it's also teaching them disguising fear as hate. They're, they're afraid, but would they? But they can't face what they're afraid of. Right. So they're like, well, I will turn this into a righteous hate so that I never have to face the fact that I'm actually terrified. terrified. That's why I do what I do. And feeling probably less than. And feeling less than. And having no self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it really is just anyone who's a white supremacist is just got such low self-esteem. They're just the most miserable yeah. people. And I forget who, who who did the quote, but as long as you give some, if you, as long as you give a man someone he can look down on and abuse, he will he will hand you money right out of his pocket. So stupid. If you'll give him that. Um, wow, what a bummer to end on. Well, no, no, not no, a bummer no. because that that comic is great. And I really hope you guys uh, read it. I hope you read Jenny Disky. I hope you listen to Deltron 3030. And I hope you go to Instagram and look at that very fun, happy, uplifting thing. Oh, yes. Uh, 70s on Sunday because I'm telling you, it's so fun and it will brighten your day after all the hell that we're going through right now. I think it's important <laughs> To just be silly and enjoy love and life. It's a great way to start your morning. Sure. Is. Wow. Thank you it's guys like so much. It's like a breakfast cereal. It's like a breakfast cereal. And I, I hope that we are are in that uh, grouping of things for you, of great ways to start your morning and day. Thank you for spending your day with us. We'll and see you next week. See you next week. This podcast is a production of Meredith Salinger and Patton Oswalt. In association with Starburns Audio. Executive producers are Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. And if you have questions for us, send them to... Hey, did you get my text? At gmail.com. And don't forget, subscribe to this podcast. It's free and it helps us get to keep making the show. Starburns Audio, a podcast network.